Conversation last week, mm-hmm. I did find out as I went through my bank statement. Mm-hmm. I'm already getting charged the 2.99 for the commercial free Amazon Prime. There you mm-hmm. go. Oh, they already did that. <laughs> yep. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Check no, your they, bank statements. They. Uh, yeah, I got that note. They had said that they're just gonna. You know, you can opt out now because otherwise we're just gonna start we're just gonna in do october it. speaking <laughs> of big media fucking you over welcome to geek shock number 707 <laughs> i am vlarg 80s jeff commander k with professor biggs and we're here to talk week in geek deb is off tonight traveling the multiverse slaying monsters from beyond mind and torgo is out this week uh getting his anus bleached so i'm running the board uh okay yeah that's Good truth old. Because <laughs> I said so. ass. truth not guaranteed. It's truthy, <laughs> truthiness, kinda, sorta. So it was Fear Street, Fear Street, 1994, 1978, and 1666 on okay. Netflix. I have no idea what it was. So, but there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, uh, what'd you do this week? Let's start with Biggs. So you will be happy to know. Will I? Yes, that I went. I took advantage of the flashback cinema uh, the fuck showing. What are you doing to the microphones? I, We're literally four minutes in. It's just breaking. I smacked my hand on the uh, the the clamp for the arm. The yeah. clamps. The clamps. clamps. Anyway, I went to uh, flashback cinema last uh-huh. week uh, and saw a movie that was the basis for what I believe is Barry's favorite musical, Legally Blonde. Uh. (laughs) Uh, That movie holds up. It's really good. And Reese Witherspoon, the future ex-wife, she's so good in it. The original Barbie movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just holds up. It's fun. It's a funny movie. Uh, So I I did that. Uh, The One Step Beyond Rabbit Hole continues. And uh, along with that, I finally cracked the uh, American version of Ghosts. Um, series with Rose McIver that we got. A photo I was just with. gonna say, you, well, you just had a picture with her, so you so might I might as well watch the thing that she's doing now. Uh, <laughs> Is she on the list now too? Or I don't know. Jeff, they're yeah. all on the list. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know, you got a point uh, there, Kirsten. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Listen to him. Listen to him. I have standards. The, e- <laughs> the evidence list. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, and then, uh, along the same lines, um, I, again, I kind of mentioned it in passing, uh, in a recent episode, but the TV series, uh, evil, uh, I've been catching up with that. It's only got four seasons. I'm right at the beginning of season three. Is it so evil? It's evil. It's evil. Well, Michael Emerson's in it. So, oh, so yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you doing his usual creepy it over the top kind of. I, I, it's so funny when I I remember watching him on Person of Interest and I'm like, so this is how he's able to play a good character, and then he turns around and does like the you know the smarmy character again, and it's like, God damn it, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it's it's really funny, um, and that show that show is really good. Um, Mike Coulter, uh, yeah, who, who was uh, uh, Luke Cage, Sweet Christmas. <laughs> He's in it. Katya Herber's 
is really kind of the lead in it. What's really funny about that? She's got she's got four daughters, and it it will depend on your tolerance of young girls talking over each other in a high energy way. But I think they're hilarious. Uh, others may have a different opinion, uh, but they're really fun. And then uh, uh, Asif Manvi plays their tech guy, and he's oh. really good too. I. Would not necessarily call him the comic relief. He sometimes says and does funny things, but he's actually playing it pretty straight in the whole thing. And so if if it, and and it's it's really good. And their creature effects are good. It's basically guys in suits and prosthetic makeup, but the creature designs are really good and they're creepy. I I actually do recommend that for you know network television horror. Once they move to Paramount Plus almost exclusively. Now we get the occasional f bomb. We get all that kind of stuff. But even in its Fuck first, yeah, even in its first couple of seasons, it was pretty creepy for network television. Sounds a lot like uh, when Criminal Minds went to Paramount Plus and they did the uh, the occasional swear word, which I was I remember the first time I heard somebody say shit, I was like, oh okay, that's where we're going. And then they dropped the f bomb, and I'm like, oh okay. I mean, it wasn't consistently like in every episode. Right. It was situationally appropriate. Yeah. Not... It, it's like Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Would occasionally drop the f bomb, and people were, and some people were like, "Oh my god, they're cursing on Star Trek!" I wish like it was clutch, back like my Star Trek. Man. Clutching my pearls. It's like those words have existed for centuries. It's it's easy <laughs> yeah. to believe that. Three or four hundred years from now, they're probably still going to be around and oh, used. They might have new ones. Yeah. Frack. Right. Kirsten. Barry. And then, of course, uh, again, to connect with the young viewers uh, at, <gasps> at home, uh, Kay and I watched a classic It Came from Outer Space. Yes. Oh Is this going to be a new segment on the show called A Senior Moment? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It works, doesn't it? It oh, works. Yes. It totally works. Uh, it came from outer space. Uh, came out in the fifties. It originally was in three D, and in fact, the first three D. The first time I saw it, it was on a double feature with Creature from the Black Lagoon, also in three D, at the famous, no longer in existence, Balboa Cinema on Newport uh, in Newport Beach. Available for free on Peacock. Yes, which is how we watched it. You know, again, it's one of those that it's ripe for a remake because the central idea is pretty good. Yeah. It's just the uh, execution is... It's really funny because uh, this is after Day the Earth Stood Still came out, which was pretty much a game changer in terms of, like, saying science fiction could be very serious and could be could be rather mature, even with flying saucers and giant robots. And this thing, the the underlying premise... You could sort of see that, but there was still elements of B movie. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it was it was kind of it was it was interesting in its execution. Yeah, I'm also amazed that the, on the posters and in the trailer they still call it in three dimension instead yeah. of three D. It hasn't even <laughs> hasn't be, even been shortened yet. Yeah. It's like in full three dimensions. Yeah, and it was really good. And again, cast of. You know, people that you've seen a thousand times in other movies, including yeah. including Russell Johnson in his pre-professor days. Yes. Um, What's this and the rest shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment from This Island Earth, the MST3K movie. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, again, I enjoy those things for what they are. I, I 
you know, I, I could do a whole 50s, you know, giant bug marathon if I, you know. Well, those are, those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of them are available. Uh, you know, them, of course, always just. The classic. You know, that's top, an, that's top a, of the cream of the that's crop. That's another with, uh, along with uh, Day the Earth Stood Still, that's like a, a pretty damn good science fiction movie. I just always find it amusing that that's where they went with all the radiation scare. <laughs> the, the, the late 40s through the 50s and into the early 60s is like, Giant insects, giant animals, giant fill in the blank. Not, yeah. not the deadly radiation that's invisible <laughs> and slowly killing you if you live near a test site. Right, right. The one that's giving you glow in the dark ears. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend of mine uh, in college who grew up in Alamogordo. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. He had three heads? And no, she, she said it was really funny going to the movies and watching everyone's ears glow in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> My parents yeah. uh, would come out to Vegas all the time when they were doing the, the testing, and they saw like the little clouds. Oh yeah, Todd's whatnot. Todd's dad also remembers. Uh, you know, they they the mushroom have, clouds. There's yeah. one magnificent picture. Yeah, that's a uh, people at a at a old school no tell motel yep. type situation. sitting on the roof, and there are there and you see the mushroom cloud in the distance, and it's just like wow. Yeah. Then they used to uh, sit on top of the roof of the Atomic Cafe. I the Atomic Cafe. Sorry, sorry, Atomic Liquors. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. I mean, I, I, I can't confirm that. I, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of that. Oh, I wouldn't wow. think you you weren't born then, so yeah. Well, you don't, don't know, underestimate Jeff. You don't Jeff. know about my time machine? Damn, yeah. I said that out loud. Yes, you did. <laughs> That's okay. Voice. Go back in time and erase that. Gotta get back in what? time. All right. One of our, uh, <laughs> one of our uh, murder mystery dinner theater things is a friend of mine, uh, also a uh, big bug movie fan, uh, wrote one called... Oh, I can't remember the creeping terror, the something. Anyway, and and of course it's live theater. The creeping terror in 3D, and it's like, well, of course it's 3D. We're it's live, live theater. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. That's great. Yeah. So I and, just love the idea of a giant insect uh, live theater thing. Yeah, and it was outside. It was a giant mosquito, and the first casualty was uh, was um, Private Wilhelm. Oh no! Wow! And so, yeah, so we had the Wilhelm scream when he got when he got eaten. Wow! And uh, yeah, and I got to play three characters: the the diner owner, uh, Professor Harold Hausen, and then the sheriff. Yes, thank you very much. You blame blame Micah. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, and uh, Kay will probably talk about other stuff that we did. Yeah, we actually uh, we actually. Uh, did a lot of movie watching. Uh, one thing that spurred it on, we went and saw Haunting in Venice. <laughs> That's a new a, movie, Barry. Yeah. Holy up, crap, like yeah. two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I love the Hercule. I can't even say his name. Hercule Barrel. Yeah. Uh, I want them to keep making those yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, keep Brana, going. Branagh has hit on something there. He it's, really has. It's, it's actually fun. He's having fun with the character. Yes, yes, and um, you can tell. And the character is fun. The... Uh, the storytelling, boy, oh boy! Now, did you guys both see uh, Death on the Nile as well? Well, well we did oh. afterwards. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, getting yeah. ahead of the story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the cool things about Haunting in Venice was uh, the cinematography, the way it was shot. It's shot like a horror film. Yes, it's shot. Uh, Have you seen it? Yes, very. Yeah. I saw it like the first week it was out. The wonderfully uh, dark, uh, dark shadows. 
uh, sharp shadows, um, angles, mm-hmm. and camera angles uh, out the wazoo. Everyone's um, favorite, the thing where they have oh. the camera and then it turns upside down as oh. they walk past. Well, well, that that too, but but lots of uh, lots That's of cool stuff. Um, ev- the performances are great. Uh, I loved Tina Fey. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that she plays. Remember, for those who may remember your old movies, Jennifer Jason Lee in Hudsucker Proxy. Yes, yes. Right. She plays like that, except as a real person. Yep. Not a parody, and she she hits it. She is like right on the edge of falling over into uh, self parody, and she doesn't do it. Does she have the Mid Atlantic accent? Uh, she, a hint of it. A hint of it. Yeah. She didn't push it hard, but she was there. I love that a- accent. Everything was suggested, and it was just, just wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, Steve and I, you know, you had seen one of the others. I'd seen Death on the Nile, but I'd never seen The Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, right, that's, that's the one that started that's, it all. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. It's it's Death on the Nile. And I he would didn't say, know if it was going to hit either when he no, when yeah. he did Nobody it. He's did. like, well, you know, let's we'll see. see. Death on the Nile was the weaker of the three. Sure. I think. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express was was really good, yeah, too. Yeah, really good. That I really... It's really funny, too, because as a kid, I grew up watching the various forms of that that came out. Right. When they were doing big ensemble, get all the stars together. Uh, but I also was young enough that when my parents watched... Uh, the Terror Express, which is a hammer oh. horror train. <laughs> oh, I would confuse them all. <laughs> so I I could never. I was like, okay, so Murder on the Orient. They find the people where their brains have been boiled and their eyes are white. And <laughs> it's it, it, it just so. But yeah. but this this was the first time I actually saw the full story thing and everything with the. The train getting stuck with the avalanche and then finding out the murder. Yeah, so you'd never seen the seventies version with uh, uh, as a child 74? I had and like yeah. and it never stuck in my head. You know? Oh yeah, that well, was, Sean Connery's in that one. Yes, right? of course he is. Yeah, um, that's funny because of course Albert Finney is just doing this as as many as many Poirotists would tell you just a kind of a big caricature version of uh, Hercule Poirot. He, you know, he's very much mispronouncing English. And the one thing he says, uh, you know, he comes across the evidence. And of course, we found this peep uh, cleaner in your in the cabin. Peep. Yeah, peep cleaner. Peep. And, and so Connery just goes after him and goes, well, if I had killed a man and taken the time to clean my peep, then I wouldn't. <laughs> I Did they, they, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking uh, that would have been a ripe uh, Pink Panther sequel. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of Hercule Poirot, or however you say it, Hercule Poirot, Hercule Poirot, I always think of Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, ah, boy. yeah, and it, that would be a, inspiration for the character. But I would not say exactly. so. Yeah. I, I think that would be ripe for for actual uh, a Pink Panther movie. Actually, a Murder on the Orient Express, rip. <laughs> but with Clouseau. But with Clouseau. <laughs> yeah. When so. we, uh, when my uh, co-writer and I, when we wrote our. Murder Mystery Dinner Theater, without a hitch, available at uh, Best Mystery Scripts online. Um, <laughs> you get paid for that? Uh, hopefully, if somebody Brought does to you it. by Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
it without a hitch is a, is a parody of Alfred Hitchcock movies, and uh, and we do have an inspector, Inspector Truffaut. Oh boy! And uh, and we kept having to put in there. This is not a Clouseau thing. It is. It should be more like Poirot from this. And every time we've seen it, they've gone the Clouseau route. Mm. And it was like, oh, okay. Death on the <laughs> Nile. Um, the the it's really funny because it has. Army Hammer and Russell Brand in it. So with Russell Brand's recent travails and then Army Hammer, it's just like watching a murder movie with those two guys in it. You're just sort of like, huh? What did Brand do? Uh, Brand has uh, a, it just in the past couple weeks. He's uh, he's getting me tooed. Tons of uh, aggressive rape allegations, Ooh. sex allegations. Yeah. So what's worse, that or cannibalism? I don't even I know, know. I know, yeah. right? And then sprinkled on top of this, of course, is Letitia Wright's uh, anti-vax. Yeah, yeah, she's in there too. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, um, don't care. Uh, yeah, you do. Suri from Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So she came out as anti-vax uh, during the pandemic, which was sort of oh, like, oh for God's sake. why can't they just shut up? Yeah. <laughs> so, but. It was interesting because they they would do some live shots um, on the river, but they would also did a whole bunch of like opening and establishing shots and CGI, which were not great. But I think the movie redeemed itself because the set of the riverboat I thought was extraordinary. Yeah. Right, it looked gorgeous. It it looked cool, and I think that kind of uh, redeemed redeemed the movie. Yeah, it sucks because like the setting of the film is before they did all the dams and stuff. So it's yeah, yeah. having to basically de-age. I know your, well, your, your, I, your footage trying to. Well, it's like this is what the Nile looked like at this time. And it's funny too because it's like Abu Simbel, and it's like, well, yeah, back then, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but but overall, I uh, I enjoyed it, and I think that Brana. Brano's got something here, so I'd like to see more of those. It'll be fun to see where they go and what they do. I always think of the uh, the BBC, the David Suchet yeah. uh, version of Pyro, which I, for some reason I was thinking that was in the uh, the early 80s, but I guess it didn't start till 89. Right. Wow. Uh, I remember my mother watched it, and I, I just, at that particular point in my life, I just was not interested. But, you know, then, you know, in high school you read... You know some of the Agatha Christie stuff. So I mean, I do remember mm-hmm. reading yeah. Murder on the Orient Express. They said, "Now read this before you see any of the movie versions." <laughs> and it's amazing how many mo- movies they've made out of that. Novel. Oh yeah, um, it's very popular. Yeah, I mean, shoot, they did one as recently as 2004, and that's before Brana did his, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was with Suchet. Yeah, and then they did another one in like 2010 with a whole different modern cast, and it's like actors you would recognize that are in the movies now. So. Well, it's a it's a fun ensemble. Yeah, you get all, and uh, it's got its uh, history cred. So you know, actors who may not be interested in playing a part of an ensemble, will, right. will play that. Sure, you yeah. know, because guess... everyone gets a nice juicy chunk to yeah. You know, play around with. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, <laughs> really uh, chunked it up, juiced it up in uh, in Orient Express. Yeah. So, you want a great ensemble cast? You get the uh, the uh, disco dancing uh, chips episode where you have all the stars. <laughs> oh my God! God, remember when they used to do those insane 
network cross and battle of the network sweep, sweep stars stuff. and all oh, that for you kids out there sweeps was when they used to put on the big spectaculars to get ratings that's so funny too because it's oh, like they God. put on these one shot yep. unusual things during the week big th- movie that is guest used stars. to determine yeah. what their regular viewership was. Yeah, so it was like totally not to the purpose. And whether they were going to get renewed for the next season or not. Oh, yeah. it was my God. Just... Completely insane. That's how The Rock ended up on Voyager, basically. Yeah. It was just, yeah, exactly. Are those things they used to do where they put all the network stars playing baseball mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they put the girls in the really short shirts and short shorts and they got like Eric Estrada out there for the girls. And I guess the rock was like a Star Trek fan. So he was all excited, but then they get there to know we want you to be the rock. And he thought he was going to be able to portray a different character. And yeah. And like, there's like, you got to do the people's eyebrow. And he's like, I don't uh, want to do the people's eyebrow. You got to do the people's eyebrow. <gasps> Fine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a I, letdown. That would that as an actor I, I, that would. I swear to God, I saw a, an interview recently where he talked about that. Where it, it's like a more recent interview. He said like cast was lovely, uh, the crew was lovely, but the producers kept trying to make it more they, than I wanted. They it wanted to be. that crossover. Yeah, that, they wanted the WWE crossover. Well, because that's yeah, because they had just launched the WWE yeah. on UPN. So, so. Well, was that Monday? Uh, one oh yeah, I forgot about slam, that. Uh, yep. I, yeah, Carl's out there somewhere shouting at me. It's sure. this one. I'm like, I'm, I it could doesn't matter because yeah. wrestling doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. And now Carl's screaming even more. There like, you go. I'm gonna kill you, Barry. <laughs> Bring it, Carl. Um, yeah. I um uh, I saw uh the witch or the vivich. The vivich, as uh, pedantic Steve likes to say. <laughs> um, that's Edgar's uh thing. Anya Taylor Joy's uh oh you know screen uh, debut debut um the new england uh, story of a settler family that um, just gets its actual witch they get hit by witches and it's it's kind of funny because it's like you say get hit by witches in the same way you might say they got hit by termites yeah well uh, kind of yeah. sort of except that there's more death um and it's 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 big it's kind of it's almost i almost would say operatic it's it's mm-hmm. just very, very emotional. Lots of pathos. Um, very much like a crucible. If there was a supernatural element, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I did enjoy that because it had that whole Eggers thing. It's funny. It's like uh, looking at it, cinematography wise, and just the mood wise. It's kind of, I kind of get a feeling of uh, Eggers is like M Night Shyamalan taking that extra couple of steps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. one like actually say. making his movies make sense. Oh, <laughs> wow. Steve's peeves. Yep. What's a twist? So that was interesting. That was very interesting, uh, and and I did enjoy it, and I would recommend it as a uh, atmospheric, moody horror piece. Um, and then Steve and I watched... The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Crowe. He's a he's an Italian exorcist. Oh, the last God, one. Yeah. He's, he's playing an Italian in yeah. that. Oh yeah. yes, he is. Oh, and he has a he has. For I enjoyed the movie. It sounded like you're doing an impression of Mario. Yeah. And, so is and, he and, apparently? And, and, yeah. Oh, I went. Yeah, yeah. No. He kind of he kind of does. He he chews it up a bit and. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons to watch this because this is this movie is sort of like. The Exorcist smashed with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, regular yeah. family encounters 
something in this Italian. Yeah, in ab- this little abbey. A- abbey. Or Spanish abbey, actually. Spanish abbey. Catholic abbey. Uh, there's a whole bed swallowing moment. Uh, and uh, uh, you know your bona, f- your 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 usual your kid being possessed oh, by yeah. the devil and blah, 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 you know that old chestnut, that old chestnut. <laughs> so, puke and heads turning around and uh, yeah. kind of sorta not puke, just blood. Somebody yeah. vomited blood, but um, the Pope, yeah. <laughs> and they 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 reference the hell out of exorcists. So it's it's almost like the writers were like, hey, imagine, you know, they were watching The Exorcist and they were like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if? Well, it and of course, it's it's <laughs> based on a true story. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah, it's based on a real individual who has yeah. stories. Amor. Yes. Yeah. Whether yes, those father stories Amor, are. Then, yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. those stories and are they, real they even or not. talk about that. They, uh, he meets one priest and he's like, yeah. I read your articles. You read the books. Uh, no, I haven't read the books are good. Because <laughs> so, yeah. Crow, I know, said he studied the actual guy. Yeah. Like closely, and that's where mm-hmm. he based his accent. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. A light well, touch, a light touch of comedy, mm-hmm. too, in Crow's character. Yeah. And I, I will say that, you know, we're, we're giving him shit for this Italian dialect. After a while, you, it, he found a dialect he could act with, yeah. which is the most important thing. It may or may not be. You know, completely accurate, but he but he found a dialect he could he could act in, and he he's you know it's Russell Crowe he's really good at it, you know because yeah. he's not trying to sing, so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah he's really good. It's a lame Miz joke. Yeah, I don't know how much I would call it a horror movie. I would almost say it veers into action. Yeah, the last scene gets very actiony. Russell Crowe in an action movie. I get know. Out. Oh, well, dude. No, seriously, get the fuck out, dude. <laughs> okay. Dude, he's he's a he's a little big. Yes, he's indeed. a little big in this movie. He's a gain to the weight. Yeah. So, mm. so um, but I I enjoyed I enjoyed it overall. I it. Wasn't fantastic. It's not part of the Exorcist canon in terms of quality of horror movie. I would say, like I said, it's it kind of borderline horror, but it I found it fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And and it you know it's of course there's ancient secrets that get uncovered. Yes. Blah blah blah. That was actually kind of cool because yeah. that actually uh, Steve remember when. Uh, I think I pulled you into watching a few of the blind Templar horror movies. No, that was uh, oh, that what, was. What are the blind Templar? Horror this movies? this is an older, <laughs> older movies, older movie alert. They're they're actually I think they're Italian or Spanish, and it's about an order of Templar knights who fell into devil worship, and periodically they rise from the grave and terrorize a local town or village. And so you have these Templar skeletal liches, essentially. Oh, that's every Sunday at an IHOP. Yeah, exactly. And they're go- they're going out <laughs> After and... After church. They're looking to grab a chick for some, you know, profane rite. Um, and it actually... The, the thing that's weird about it is they're blind. So the, the, the liches just go around and they have to find you by sound. And so it, it's kind of weird. I caught on to it because Sandy Peterson, uh, who has, was involved in the creation and, and of the Call of Cthulhu 
Chaosium's uh, Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, talked about them as horror movies. And you can see a little bit of D&D influences in there, too. You can see that, you know, uh, probably Dave Arneson watched a couple of those movies and threw those kind of things into mm -hmm. his dungeon. Hmm. So, but it, it sort of, uh, Pope's Exorcist sort of plays with that because there is an element of the demon possessing what kind of individuals and what, what it meant centuries ago for the Catholic Church and stuff like that. So, I, I, yeah, I, I hesitate to mention, but uh, there's something that you, that you, that you won't expect in the, in this movie. So, so you're saying it's like what? it's you see it coming a mile away then? Um, no, it's just no. no nobody expects it. Oh, oh, dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Okay, so. our chief element of wow. surprise. Fear Man. and surprise. Our two elements of fear, surprise, and a rhythm's emotion. Yeah. Excuse me while I dislocate my arm reaching for this. <laughs> so, uh, also played some D and D with Glumly and Jeffy Roth. How'd it go? Uh, went well. Um, they leveled up. They're level five. These are guys who can kind of, kind of scrap now. Oh, level five. Yeah. Fireball level. Fireball. <laughs> uh, extra attack. No, no mages spell. were involved um, in the uh, making of this game, so oh. there was no fireballing. Really? But there was. Uh, what there are they was. Playing? What are they playing? No NPCs uh, were harmed in the making of this uh, D&D yeah, adventure. Shame. <laughs> Glumly is a. Uh, Glumly's a fighter. He's a. He's a he's a dwarf fighter, I believe, and uh, Jeffy Roth is a ranger. So, what does ranger get at five? Uh, extra attack. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, actually, Jeffy Roth used his absorb elements defense uh, very handily a couple times, though we forgot to add uh, the the bonus that you get to a future attack that from that. But, um, yeah, and it's kind of funny because Jeff. I, I I'm I think he was going for that no rounded relation. rounded character type because he's Bowie McBowface and he's <laughs> supposed to be an archer, but he actually has a higher strength than Dex, so he frequently steps forward into melee, but he only has hand axes. So the hell is he doing? <laughs> and meanwhile, dying apparently. He's got he's got um I believe uh. Glumly is a battle master. So here's a guy with maneuvers and spending superiority die, and he's a full-on dwarf fighter, and he's just stepping forward and fucking shit up. And and at one point, Glumly actually did, you know, when, when <laughs> Jeff stepped up and started wailing on someone, Glumly was like, you know, we've talked about this. Not supposed to step forward into melee like that. And it's always the same as like, ah, oh, well, I figured I had to, uh, I had to help out, and it's like, you, yeah, you help out by sitting back and shooting away with arrows. But they've gotten closer on the big mystery. They apparently, uh, apparently, there's a traitor back in the hometown who's conspiring with chaos, and this is, this is in oh, addition. Oh, traitor with a T, not yes. not a D. Not Got it. yes. And and this is in of course in addition to uh, the the mysteries surrounding the cult of Vlarg and the cult of Torgo. Oh my God! The smile in the dark and the eye within the web. <sighs> so, yep, 
So and love it. it, it you know, we it was the, a real the trader. Does he does he sell wine cheaply? Uh, no, he. Uh, well, actually, Biggs gets it. I His name Joe. Uh, uh, there's a cult. Yeah, he calls it. He calls it two silver piece Chuck, and he charges four silver pieces. For it. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. So, um, yeah. It's uh, it's moving on. It was a quick one. We'll see if uh, anyone else joins us uh, this Friday. Eh, well, actually, when this drops, I guess. Yeah. So, but uh, Glumly and Jeffy will probably be back, and we'll see what will happen then. So that was kind of cool. It was nice to get the back into that. I've, I just got to download, 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 download. <laughs> I've got to download. Title of your sex more, uh, more, more uh, maps. And uh, start expanding on that. But, yeah. So, that was cool. Rolled some die. Killed some fools. So, almost came to close to killing them. Got them both down to single digits. Here's a question. Have you ever run a D&D game where no one died in an episode? Session. You mean no NPCs and PCs and everything? That counts as anyone. Yeah. Yeah. God, did anybody die? There, there was their carousing episode, which was the one before this which was th- them just running around getting in trouble. They certainly didn't kill anybody, I don't think. Just looking so. back on every time I've ever run D&D, it is rare that no one drops dead. Well, you you tend to have Deb in your game, so killing's going to happen. Well, yeah. and, and you also it you relish the idea of killing everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. your goal is to kill everyone, not to help them succeed, but to fucking murder them. <laughs> Which is crazy because okay, so so my game of choice I mentioned it before is Call of Cthulhu, and that has this reputation for being just the deadliest game. Like your PCs will not survive, the, and it's like no, that's stupid. Of course they survive. There's rules for how they advance in skill level and et cetera, et cetera, which you wouldn't have if they if they all died all the time. And what's funny, and, and since we play with the pulp. Cthulhu rules that they're the characters are even more survivable mm. um and in fact I was telling my players in California once I was like because I watched a couple of Seth Gorkowski's videos I'm like I'm gonna have to start murdering you guys more yeah <laughs> really just take him out it's funny too because Call of Cthulhu I remember when Andy was selling it decades ago and he just you know got that little smile on his face and he's like and at the end of the session you go insane that's like, not true. Boy, either. that sounds like fun. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. But it, it takes a while. Well, and it's funny because he was like a lot of people who sell Call of Cthulhu on, uh, yeah, eventually, it's the game is really just about a countdown to when uh, when the, the otherworldly knowledge drives you over the edge. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that sounds exciting. Well, if your DM sucks. The first time I ever played Call of Cthulhu, I... Wandered off into the snow and and <laughs> went crazy and I was like this sucks. But then I thought about it and it was the DM that sucked. Yeah, because I looked back on the games that he had run and uh, they're not good. Yeah, most of the time that's the that's the issue. It's the GM that's like there was a there was a nice uh, yeah. Sorry, it, when it's not D and D, it's a GM. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, or the the the, the keeper the of keeper forgotten forbidden lore. Yeah. The KFL. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just say GM. Yeah. yeah, but there was one podcast by two guys who actually work in Chaosium and Call of Cthulhu a lot, um, Ken, Kenneth Height and Robin D. Laws, and 
they had received a letter from somebody who said in the first five minutes they were the guy was trying to do at the mount uh at the mountains of madness mm -hmm. and in the first five minutes somebody botches their mountain climbing and because everybody's tied up it created <laughs> a series of failures and they all fell into an ice ravine and died <laughs> And it could happen. It was the first five minutes, and it was really funny because I'm like, wow, that's that's colossal dice failures. But what do you do? And Ken and Robin were like, you know, oh, well, you don't kill them. That's where they all wake up in an icy cavern, and uh, they don't know how they got there, and their stuff's been taken from them. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you... I guess you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Seth uh, Gorkowski calls it failing forward. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was just funny because it was like, oh, yeah, you don't have to kill everybody. No. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. Especially it's funny you say that. I, I was just I'm replaying Baldur's Gate 3 uh, as a paladin this time, and I failed a couple critical roles in the beginning, in, like, in the first five minutes, and it's like, oh, you're dead. That's it. You're done. You're just dead. Wow. Like, holy shit. The, <laughs> the mind flayers suck your brains out. You're done. Well. Like, okay. Yeah, but that's justice. It's cause... a video game, though. You can save scum. Yeah. Save scum. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's true. When you save just before a roll, and then you're like, oh, fail, 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 fail. <laughs> Succeed. Okay. <laughs> you're scum when you do that. Yes. <laughs> If a roll has like a DC of 30, you're not meant to get it unless you get a crit for some godly reason. But you know what kills me is you have to do that to see some of the great content they have. Well, yeah. There is a point in the game where you, uh, it's like a carnival type of thing and there's a genie, but he's cheating. And the only way to catch it, it's super hard to, to, to like catch him and, 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 beat the system you gotta pickpocket him with a ring of whatever and but when you do that you get sent to this whole other realm and you get this crazy sword or whatever i've never seen any of that i had to look online for that because I, I was like how do you beat this guy apparently people figuring it out save just before you make that roll <laughs> <laughs> I yeah love it. save's coming I it's just, great. I just I love the term scumming. It's just like you know you're you're awful for doing that, but this is how you do that. <laughs> Fuck it! I bought the game. I want to see all of well, it. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. It's like it saves scumming. It's just like yeah, this is tough unless you save bef before you get through it. And <laughs> I just love the judgment. It's <laughs> hilarious. I I can't wait to get that game. I'm gonna get it at some point, but uh, we'll see. So, anyway, what else do you do? Um. Uh, I don't know. That kind of that that ended up, I think, finally covering all of that because we saw the movies and we we watched the short trek. Oh yeah, uh, the, the very the, the very short trek. Yeah, tracks. the very short trek. Those are funny. Yes. Those are good. This is the the infinite recursive hollow deck. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> don't tell me I haven't. Seen oh, okay. oh, I haven't seen oh, that one. Nothing. Uh, oh, nothing barely. happened. Nothing uh, happened. Uh, yeah. was, and was, the last one dropped today. Yep. Yeah, you're like so, five episodes behind. Barry. So those are uh, they're like three minutes. You got time. Yeah, really. I saw two of them. Yeah. Play well, them while you're cooking. I forgot about the rest of them. <laughs> Jeff, what'd you do? Uh well, you know, I watched the final episode of Ahsoka. And Not, uh, I gotta two, say, two of these two haven't seen anything. We've seen it. They, shit, these yeah. two haven't. Uh, I just that. have to say, um Hayden Christensen, I, I I've probably mentioned it on before. I think 
he got a lot of undeserved hate yep. on the original trilogy mm-hmm. because his performance as Anakin in this series, far superior. So I think given the right director and the right material to work with. Yes. Ask anyone. George Lucas yeah. is not a director. He's, He's certainly not an actor's director. Or a I writer. Mean, there's behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. moments with Natalie Portman where she's like, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just... And it's funny because, you know, maybe he doesn't either. So he's definitely not an actor's director. Yeah. I and, say that. And, and Christensen, it's really funny when people talk about how, quote unquote, bad he is because you always mention the... Uh, I think it's called Glass Houses. Yes, that's and, and, Glass and they're Houses. Like, I don't care what he was in that movie. And it's like, if you're going to call, blanketly call him yeah. a bad actor, as opposed to having a bad performance or something, right. then you have to take into every account everything he's done. The right. guy has chops, uh, but you know the, the script was written for for uh, a younger character, and, and then he was kind of shoehorned you know yeah. Lucas did all his funky changes and stuff like yeah. that but, I mean but I liked what, him I liked him in Jumper yeah. uh, there's a movie called Takers that I really liked him sure. in so I he's mean, got it Shattered Glass it's, is a great shat- one yeah. uh, Glass ha- Life is a House is the one we Life were is a House That's there we go but Shattered Glass is I, I mixed one him I merged him really <laughs> Watch him in in in, shat, in in shattered glass houses because it's amazing. <laughs> right. But uh, well, it's the it's the Ben Affleck criticism. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ben Affleck's bad. I go. Have you seen Chasing Amy? No. Have yeah. you seen? Was it changing changing lanes or whatever? No. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? Have you seen him in anything he was ever good in? No. What have you seen him in? Armageddon and Pearl Harbor. I was like, well, those nobody's are... good in those movies. <laughs> and those were really early in his career too. So yeah, and yeah. that was before he'd learned. Yeah. The Michael Caine rule is I know the movie's shit, but I can't afford to be shit in right. this movie. Right. Yeah. And 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 um yeah, he just he gets a bad rap. I I've seen the the episode of Ahsoka where he first appears anyway. Right. And yeah, he's doing fine in that. It's he, because he he's going. playing the Anakin from uh Clone Wars. Clone Wars and he's got Filoni doing it. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Clone Wars and also the quote unquote afterlife. So, you know. Still yeah, that's that. I thought it was interesting yeah. is because I've only seen that episode too. Is they're doing very little in the in the way of de aging. They're just kind of letting the lighting and yeah that kind of do the work for them. It works. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I you know because I don't want to get into spoiler territory with it since the final episode just dropped uh, today. Basically, final episode of recording of Ahsoka. Yes, of we got season. homework, Steve. They haven't officially announced Apparently. the season two, but hopefully it, they, they get gotta. a season two. They gotta. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I've been listening to Fly on the Wall podcast with Dana Carvey and David Spade. Uh, it's a behind-the-scenes kind of podcast about Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, the reason I started listening to it is because they were doing uh, they did a two-part uh, tribute to Phil Hartman because mm. uh, I guess it was the it was either the anniversary of the death or anniversary of him leaving the show. And anyway, uh, they really go deep into you know the various performers that have been on the show and they have guests that have been performers on the show writers etc and uh it's a really good podcast they I mean, talk about steven seagal uh they do actually yes talk about him so that's funny that's very funny uh so yeah i think you should check it out so that's what i did cool um I didn't get a lot a chance to do a lot because uh, Deb's work brought us to Vale uh, this weekend, <laughs> and uh, Vale is expensive. 
expensive, dude. Uh, we walked into a brunch place, and there was the the stereotypical rich woman with the little dog. <laughs> The, the big uh, expensive glasses and the expensive purse and everything. And we're waiting behind her at the host stand. And she's trying to get sat with this little dog. And she's like, oh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a service dog. And then the, the girl at the counter is like, uh-huh. Okay, well, uh, we need to see your service ID or card that says your service dog. Because this dog is clearly not a service dog. It's right. yapping. It doesn't have the, the service dog vet. Nothing. Doesn't even try to say it's an emotional support dog. That's bullshit. No, she's like, no. Well, I don't. I don't have it. Uh, I'm not supposed to carry it around. You are supposed to carry it around. I know she's an idiot, and uh, she was. She was just stereotypical, and uh, they turned her away. She's like, oh, I'm just gonna eat somewhere else. You even had that little. Wow. Fucking. Ugh. It's awesome when you actually see those people in life, and you're like. That's where the caricature came from. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of Reddit stories about... Uh, my, one of my favorite subreddits is Fuck You Karen. And uh, <laughs> they exist, man. Yeah, they know. really do. I, I I work from home. I don't I don't get to see a lot of that. You God know? bless. Thank what, goodness. I know. Anyway, uh, the other thing about Vale is I looked around... As I go into a, a strange town, I always look for geek stores. I can't find one. There was nowhere that sold comics, board games, role-playing stuff. Oh. <sighs> I mean, you'd have to drive into fucking Denver. Wow. Sacrilege. I, and I'm looking at houses because I Zillow houses wherever I go. <laughs> like right across the street from where we were staying, there's $36 million houses. Yeah. Wow. For $36 million, they better build a fucking RPG store right next door to my house where I don't have to drive into Denver <laughs> yeah, to look really. around. Well, you know, just doing a cursory search here, I, you know you're in a terrible place. There's no Denny's in Vail. So, uh... <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's it's Denny's. It's oh, yeah. D-E-N-I-S apostrophe S. Yeah, Denny's. It's Moons Over Monaco. Yeah. Moons Over My Monaco. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. I would... I, the French I, toast gets served if, by a Frenchman. You if get, I had the fucking money to waste, I swear to Christ, I would open up a Danies in Vail <laughs> just to just to do it, <laughs> and just to charge rich people ten dollars for an orange juice. Or you may you may come in and have this lamb grande. Uh, it will come with uh, two crepes, uh, some eggs poached. Uh, Poch- <laughs> <laughs> really? Just get Albert Finney to uh, be yeah, the... Just get Albert Finney. And the whisper of avocado. A mist of avocado. We will come to your table and... We will come to your table and rub an avocado on your face. It not only works as breakfast, but also a fish out. Yeah, really. Oh, jeez. Oh, my Lord. Um... We had brunch, and I swear, mine, I had, like, one Bloody Mary and, a uh, like, an Eggs Benedict, and it was, like, $40, $45. Sure, there like, you go. Fuck. That's for people who don't even look at the price, which explains why they tip like they do. Yeah. It was, it was brutal. So, we, uh, on the uh, plane ride home, I decided to buy John Scalzi's new book. Oh. Ooh. Uh, Starter Villain. Here's the overview. <laughs> 
Inheriting your uncle's supervillain business is more complicated than you might think, particularly when you discover who's running the place. Charlie's life is going nowhere fast. A divorced substitute teacher living with his cat in a house and his siblings want to sell. All he wants is to open a pub downtown. If only the bank will prove his loan. Then his long-lost Uncle Jake dies and leaves his supervillain business, complete with island volcano lair, to Charlie. But becoming a supervillain is an old giant laser death rays and lava pits. Jake had enemies, and now they're coming for Charlie. His uncle might have been a stand-up old-fashioned kind of villain, but these things are, are real. Rich, soulless predators backed by multinational corporations and venture capital. It's up to Charlie to win the war his uncle started against a league of supervillains. <laughs> but with unionized dolphins, hyper-intelligent talking spy cats and a terrifying hench person at his side. Going bad is starting to look pretty good. In a dog-eat-dog world, be a cat. Dude, I burned through this book mm. in a day. It's fun. It's mm -hmm. a fun read, and I could see it as a little movie. And I think that's what Scalzi's doing now. Yeah. You know? Um, Scalzi, for people who don't know, is one of my favorite science fiction writers, and very prolific one, too. Yeah, yeah. He cranks. Uh, Old Man's War, the mm. whole series, one of some of the best stuff I've ever written, yeah. read, I've ever read. Oh, uh, the secret's out! Oh, I'm secretly oh, John Scalzi. Yes. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> red shirts was okay. Oh, uh, red shirts was hilarious. Yeah, but it's like a one-off, like that one. Yeah. Um, I have not read the Kaiju Preservation Society. That that that's where he goes with these things, like supervillain uh, lair. My uncle was a supervillain, and the kaiju thing. He he just he's like lately just taking these extremely geeky concepts, subgenres, and he's just playing in them, and he's very very good at that. Yeah, it, yeah. you like the characters, the things move fast. It's an easy read. I get yeah. it. It's it's I'll, good stuff. I'll also, uh, shout out. Uh, let's uh, cue to Andy listening to your pitch and going. So it's Despicable Me. <laughs> Dude, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Andy. It's funny when I used to write. Uh, I used to write visually like for me, I was writing it like a movie and it sounds like that's what he's doing. Oh yeah. Um, you got a movie playing in your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's weird. I haven't been inspired to write in a couple decades now. Well, and it, <laughs> but, it, uh, but I, when I was a teenager, like late teens, like almost graduating high school, I just suddenly had story idea after story idea. And I started writing a bunch of stuff in uh, a notebook and that sounds like you said. The way you're describing that is exactly how it sounds like I used to write. You know, you write it like a movie. Yeah. He, he and he takes. He just he works with a lot of modern concepts, but he doesn't get infantile about it or even jokey. Like yeah. in Old Man's War, one of the weapons uh, they have, it the weapon is loaded with nanites, and ah, so okay. you can you can cycle through the type of weapon you need. So right. And he said that. He was deliberately going for that video game where you can flip out your weapons. <laughs> right. So you can you can cycle it to it's an energy weapon. But if you need a, a good old fashioned ballistic slug spitter, you can get that. Or you can you can switch to a grenade launcher. Yeah. And right. and it was just like that kind of thing. And brain pals, brain pals, brain pals. one of the most hilarious and insightful. Uh, bits of science fiction prescience, I think, is just great. Oh yeah, and it it so it's he he plays with these ideas, but at the same time, there's thought behind it. So if you want to be a better DM, read Scalzi because the way he narrates is kind of the way I hope I can 
run a game where it's like a movie kind of. And I'm not just setting up these scenarios where I know nothing's going to happen. Like the, okay, everyone's uh, long resting. What do you do? You set up your camp. You take turns making rolls to see who does watches. I want to get away from that. And I've been guilty of it. I get lazy. I, I get guilty of that. Sure, sure. I want to get away from that. Like in this, it's like, okay, some stuff happened. And now the next thing that's going to happen that makes sense in the story is going to happen like in the next city over. So it's just cut to the next city. Yeah. That Like that. Don't yeah. be afraid to do that but, as a but DM. You got to get your buy-in from your players too, because. Uh, well, I was going to do this. I was exactly, going to do this. Yeah. No, you weren't. Yeah, and they're, they're, <laughs> I've I've had that where it's like, because I remember one time I was running and I really wanted people less than rolling. Describe to me how you're looking for the trap. Describe for me how you're mm-hmm. and and they just grab the die and they roll and they go, okay, I got a fifteen, and it's like, tell me. Tell me what you're doing to find it, and tell I me pick more, up the dice. Yeah, I shake or, my hand. Yeah, or I let the dice fall. The big one was mapping because I was said, let's start small. Let's start at your village, and then let you'll draw your map as the campaign grows. And I had one player who totally wanted a world map and wanted it now, and just just would not let go. She had to have. She had to know what was hundreds of miles to the north, south, east, west, what the peoples were, and all that stuff. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, in a world like that, in a world, in a world, in a world without maps, (laughs) um, there, maps exist. It's one of the first things that explorers would draw as a map. And before you set a town down, you're gonna have a map of this surrounding area. So the availability of maps. For, for for like that, you have to have you have to give them some something, even if it's a shit map to begin with. That's hand drawn. Now I like that idea. I like it's like the first few rounds of Civilization where you're exploring the map and it's really neat. That's the best time in that game. Mm-hmm. But but that's because there were no maps in you know the year fucking negative five thousand. <laughs> um, but in like a D and D world, chances are there's going to be maps available. But but you can do this. You can say, okay, but there's no cartographers in the town you're in. Only in the biggest towns, which are far away, mm-hmm. are there big cartographers. Now, do now, you make you... them go like find seek out somebody in whatever city, village, or whatever they're in, and say you've got to buy a map from somebody, or do you like? hint towards that where they ha- you, you're not just going to give them everything you just you make them still play into the if i were having that problem with my players yeah i, I would say you got to go buy a map or go go okay. to Candlekeep, go to the library mm-hmm. and look at one you know and then you can copy it for a fee um but i haven't i've lucked out and haven't had players have done that and i and most of the time i just give them a map because gotcha. they've started in big cities so it's yeah, like, well, why also, would you not know you do a lot of running through forgotten realms yeah. so you've got everything established yeah one of the other things i would try to do is get the players involved in creating the world and boy oh boy some that's pe- fun some people would would jump in on that but you gotta some have the people, right mix of people. yeah they yeah. did that you know, and it's like, uh, well, where did I come from? Well, I don't know. You tell me. What are your people like? What do they? What do they believe in? Where Where are they located? And okay, so boy, okay. they just you uh, gotta ha- so- you gotta trust the people at your table though, and mm, it's hard to find that group. You so, gotta have advanced players. So here's an analog: when the Europeans arrived in the New World, 
They had no maps. Yeah. I mean, they right. may they may have had a map of the coastline, a crude map of the coastline, but they were totally dependent on the in either their own explorations or, you know, the what the indigenous people would tell them. And and that and usually there was guides. Yeah. You you went around not because you had a map, but because you had guides who mm-hmm. would take you to the next place and stuff. And then it was your job to kind of create a map. Yeah. As you went. So, and I, I just uh, Yeah. Anyway. But we're okay, so take that analog. Uh fighters and wizards or whatever, kinda like around Columbus time, you know. Um There were no maps of the New World, but the places we often play in in D and D or have villages and have oh, all sure. that stuff. Sure, sure. You're not just dropping them into a new world, which is kind of what they did with Mastika and with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Return de Beer in uh, fourth edition. Right. Um, could we do that in in fifth edition? Yeah, just drop them in the fucking show and just have them go to, go nuts or, there. Or, uh, once again, I'll go back to it because it's fabulous, Deb's campaign, where the maps <laughs> exist, but, but those older maps are, are kind of for shit because of all the changes that have happened. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. that that's I just... knew you'd dig that when she started talking about it. I'm like, oh, Kirsten's going to love oh, it. It's Forgotten it... Realms, but it's not. Yes, yes. Post-apocalyptic, everything's a mess. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of Mad Max D and D. All that's missing is the uh, souped-up cars, and we don't need them. Yeah. But before I would run a campaign in an, in creating a new world, I'd have to have the time to do it because it would take it puts a lot on the DM. But I'd have to have players who are dedicated to the idea of exploring a new world. Mm-hmm. You got to have the right players for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of going back to almost everything we've talked about on this episode, there is a, uh, there's a call of Cthulhu campaign called horror on the Orient express, Oh boy! which could be in terror express. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I haven't looked into it that much just because it is a campaign. And of course a campaign. Yeah. On a train. Wow. In the right. rain. <laughs> Probably through Spain. Oh, uh, I don't think the Orient Express goes. Through Jeff, Spain. I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. Quick, stop! Don't don't complain. <laughs> oh, oh. you guys are giving me a brain uh. sprain. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Two. Bam, bam. Anyway, um, I yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. It was a was, lame I was, game. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> it's it's assonance. The vowel rhymes. So making a bunch of assonances of us. Yeah. Anyway, I've been I've been meaning to look into it. And the other thing I is the reviews I've seen. You know, there's the sandbox type of you know game. Yeah, that doesn't sound too sandboxy. The, no, and then there's let's the, go explore the, the 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 restaurant car. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the and then there's the railroad. Uh, type hey of, yo, <laughs> type of campaign. How are you? Well, Barry would take over the bar car, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind playing that like a three-shot. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, okay, everyone, we're going to play three games in this, and that's going to be it. Because a one-shot is just not enough for that. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, so I've been meaning to to get it. And and I will say this, (laughs) even if we don't play the actual Call of Cthulhu campaign, they are turning it into a board game. Well, it could. Ah. Be, I mean, it could also be sandbox. If, for example, the 
train breaks down in an area and everybody has to get off the train yeah, and they don't, don't know where they're at. They're having to explore the surroundings. Until yeah, that well, one player's like, bullshit, I want a map. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, fine, go to that shop over there. Get going, get going, just leave. <laughs> um, Is it like one of those things where the train leaves Inn's mouth and ends up in, uh, what's no, the it, city? It's the Orient Express. It's a Rilia? Rilia. How did we get here? Yeah. Holy shitballs. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's the Orient Express. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, across Europe. But uh, dun, dun, dun. I don't really know any more about it except that it exists. And it's it's heavily um, supported. And, like, it's been yeah. around long enough that oh, there's... I, 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 I don't know any details about it, but I've certainly heard of, of that, yeah, over and over again. Mm. But, um, yeah, it, um, there's plenty out there. Uh, but yeah, getting the right players. Oh boy, and getting the right players to join you. I'd love to start something up with you and Deb, but I wanna. I I would like to play more than once every seven weeks. <laughs> it's been rough. We busy people. Yep. Sorry. Shh. The only other thing I did geeky was uh, Deb and I. Deb's busy. Yeah. Deb and I restarted Band of Brothers because it was time. It's been a few years since we watched that. Man, that holds up. Yeah. God. yeah. And and every so often I'm pointing at the screen going. Oh. That's that it's, guy. It's that guy. Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah, crap, yeah, yeah. James McAvoy is so young. That can't oh be Oh, my him. God. Yeah. yeah, and then I realized this show is like 23 years yes. old. <laughs> Dear Lord, dude. I, I Every now and then I'll pop in and just watch an episode, and it's just like, oh, my God. And it, Okay. Well, that was still – that was I was still at Star Trek when that, Ever take that a drink. started. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was at least 2001 it was still on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. 2002, maybe. And apparently – it's only like 10 episodes. Yeah. I, for some reason, thought it was longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I did. Mm. I guess that, uh, it's, uh, what's it time for? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go for, uh, let's go, what, what that, do we call it Weekend Geek? Weekend Geek! What, what, did, I, did you forget the name of it? Well, that's because, what do you things did you do this week? I always get those crosswired. Where's the word news? You're going to edit all this out, right? <laughs> no, I want everyone to know how dumb you are. <laughs> I thought we were going to news you don't give a shit about, but yay! yay. Well, actually, I, I, I don't have... This was kind of a Yeah, it's, it's slow news week. I, yeah, it's, it's a slow news week, people. It happens. Of, I thought that there would be all sorts of interesting things to talk about for horror and stuff for October, but we basically talked about it and... Now it's just waiting for stuff to come out. Right. You want like, some horror? I'll take a picture of Biggs and you can oh, put it on your wall. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. You're wow. not seeing what we're seeing. Oh. And then you throw in the, uh, the, the O sound. <laughs> just take a picture of him when he first wakes up. <laughs> God, this, this is a hideous picture I'm seeing. Oh, my God. So You're spared, audience. <laughs> like the, the, uh, the Exorcist sequel. I'm really, mm. I'm really looking forward to that. Next I, week. I really want to watch that. So, I'm, and mm. uh, Fall of the House of Usher has come out. Oh, has so it? So it's time. Well, no, it's the twelfth. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I, th I thought it was next week. Yeah. 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 Well, when Jeff has, when Jeff goes, really, you got to go. Oh God, I got to check myself. Yeah. So be happy. There's check no bad. Sauces, kid. There's no really bad news this week. Yeah. Well, the the worst news might be, and this might be news you don't give a shit about. Amazon pulls the plug on AMP. The live audio app it launched last year to reimagine radio. 
Really? So, and I didn't even know about Yeah, I didn't either. What the hell is AMP? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, like, I was about to start Googling. What is Amazon AMP? The audio app it launched last year to let users DJ their own live radio shows, complete with a catalog of millions of licensed songs and the ability to engage with callers. Okay. Wow. Because uh, that's the that's the thing that we're missing is engaging with callers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say we're missing it. You, th- you think the show gets derailed by us. <laughs> I, oh, I, caller number three, you're on the air. With oh, hello, Pat. Okay, caller number four. Hi, Pat. Caller number five. Oh, hey, Pat. Yeah, I, I could see him like buying. And somewhere Jake is like, why aren't they name dropping me? Yeah. Well, I could see. You got to get through Pat I could first. see Pat buying like four burners and dialing on all of them God. just to get the cue. But um, apparently this decision was not made quickly or easily. It only became clear after months of careful consideration determining the investments Amazon wants to make for the future that nobody wanted to do this. Last part's mine. Uh, so, big plans to reimagine radio. Uh, it's signed on music personalities like Minaj, Pusha T, Travis Barker. I've heard of two of those. And But by October, it was already in trouble as it conducted layoffs within the service. And it was continue, Amazon was continually reevaluating the progress and potential of its products. Boy, some uh, press release person likes that alliteration. The progress and potential of its products and services makes adjustments based on those assessments. A little assonance, too. Assonance. Uh, following a recent review, we made the decision to consolidate a few teams so we can focus on the growth and scaling of AMP. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. That's it bullshit. means they're ditching it and may look into doing something similar but different yeah. in the future. We don't it need trans- that. I was going to say, translation, it didn't make as much profit as we were hoping for, so rather than give it a chance, we're just killing it. Yeah. yeah. Who would want to li- <sighs> Okay, podcasts are one thing. Listening to other people's playlists are another. I don't. I, I, I don't want I don't want to listen to a to a radio show put on by non radio people. Yeah, well, I think it was just a. I don't short, even want to listen to a radio show. It was a shortcut for people who don't <laughs> know how to start a podcast to start a podcast. By well, that's making what it, it basically. It, it sounds like, but just by funny, making it live because it sounds like a make your own podcast app. Right. Is that even out there? Uh, uh, and I'm not talking I'm not about. I'm one. not talking about an editing ad. I'm talking about. Download this app and you can start podcasting. I'm sure it exists. Look, kids, if you want to learn how to make a podcast, we're going to teach you right now. Step one, lose your will to live. (laughs) (laughs) Just give up on life and friends and and hope in general. And step two, be really passionate about dumb shit. Uh, Step three, have money to buy equipment. (laughs) Yes, or steal it from your employers. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like I did. Whoa. Um, that that's not admissible in court at all. No, no, dude. Statute, statute of limitations. limitations. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember, we've been around since 2008. 15 years. Yep. Suck my, it. My goodness. God, that company's not even any not even around anymore. So I can just name drop it if I wanted to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nobody would if you even name dropped it. Which we're not going to, but if you name dropped it, nobody would know what the fuck you're talking about. No, oh, no, yeah. Who? Good. What? <sighs> that was a thing. I know. And then, okay, now this is an important step. I forget what number we're on. 
Uh, four, I three. Think. We'll call it five. Maybe five. Okay. <laughs> no, five is right out. Oh, yeah. What about six? <laughs> One, six. two, five. Three, sir. Three. three. Fine. Step six. Step six. Uh, spend a lot of time doing really good podcasts for, like, no listeners. And by a lot of time, I mean, like, years. Like 12. Well, you you yeah. forgot the... 12 you forgot 15. Somewhere in between there, do a bunch of really bad podcasts while you're trying to figure out what you're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. What your what your, what your, your bits thing are. Is. What the... Yeah. Nish... Nish, nish. Yeah. Have people join and then and then leave and join and then leave and then then finally, when you get your core audience, maybe eh, then you start marketing. <laughs> so give it like ooh, ten I, years, twelve, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> twelve years. This is all sounding really familiar. really familiar. Yeah. yeah. Having deja vu, uh-huh. but you gotta, yeah, matrix. you gotta find your niche, and you've got to once you start, you really need to keep up. Yeah, that's yeah. no bullshit. One Re- of the things regular that releases with key. absolutely no marketing whatsoever. One of the things that that has gotten Geek Shock to this point is the fact that we have indeed released uh, one episode a week, fifty weeks a year on average. Yep, for over ten years. And, you know, considering that we have, we don't have a celebrity push behind us or any kind of marketing nope. going. What am I, chopped pri- liver? Prior <laughs> yes. to uh, the oh, last okay. year or two. Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's been the consistency that has uh, actually gotten us people. So, and then when we don't release something, it's always fun because people are like, where are you? And then when the, we release the one that, or two weeks a year yeah. that we don't release something, it's like, you guys okay? Yeah. And then, and then of course, <laughs> there's nice. the, uh, re- uh, when you change the release order that, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, you, you just test your audience every so often to uh, see if they're awake. Yeah, are they paying attention? <laughs> Welcome to Geek Shock number 501. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you missed 500. It was great. You you wish I had to be there. Oh, that was one of the best episodes uh, ever. We did the same thing with 600, too. It was funny. It was there wacky. you go. Wacky, wacky, but, wacky. But not was it 599. Zany? It was zany and fun-filled. Five, 599. That was, that's the topper. Yeah, that's we're not, we're not the, Oh, 599. <laughs> a thousand's going to be killer. Oh, yeah. I just want to tell you this. Now we have the new board and I can run it. I'm not afraid of a fireball episode. <laughs> I, I can edit that. Yeah. I'll just put like a, I'll have a, the splash zone will be over here. I'll put a tarp oh over God. the, over, over the board. Well, Todd, I'm the opposite. I'm terrified of that episode. Good. Sit there and be afraid. Uh, well, you and Deb can sit over there and these two can get pissed. Todd, Todd can edit it too. In fact, he did. 13 hours of <laughs> yeah, editing. Jesus Christ. Still apologizing uh, for that. Uh, Woo! Yeah, five ninety nine. If you want to, oh boy. Yeah, don't listen to five ninety nine. That's that was Steve's pitch at um, Salt Lake. Was uh, come join us, listen. Except for five ninety nine. Yeah, don't listen don't to five ninety nine. And everyone's like, "What's five ninety nine? Well, you, you have to find out. Like, oh. Yeah, and I then, mean, don't listen, don't listen. Yeah, yeah. and of course, reverse you know. psychology. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what worked did. best for me was hey you with the face <laughs> oh my god <laughs> go tell your friends go make a friend <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> fucking loser uh, okay so Jeffy, you mentioned although we did some investigating and we're yeah. having a hard time finding the specific headline 
But Netflix did announce that it's planning to increase the cost of its streaming service. Ugh. Yep. This is coming on the heels of the, the end of the WGA strike. Now, Jeff, you had heard that yes. they had like made an excuse of the of the uh, the the, yes. the contract, the new contract, but you can't find a, I think a reference. It was an article that I read, not like on uh, we got it, it covered or well, some bullshit. Frequently, what happens is it'll creep into your news feed that you'll have a clickbait article that'll cite a credible source. But then go into editorializing. Yeah. yeah. And my thought is, I was reading it. They cited some credible source like, say, Wall Street Variety. Journal, New York Times, etc. Right. And then they assume that it's because of paying the writers right. what they owe them. Yeah, the projection of assumption as fact is... It's very coincidental annoying. that it happened especially since they just raised prices last year mm -hmm. hasn't quite been a full 12 months well i can see them i can prices. see them not announcing it during strike negotiations right. of course because netflix uh one of the, i'm sorry not netflix the wga sag after one of the things they've been doing is producing paperwork yeah these are publicly traded companies so there is information out there about profits revenue overhead yet and they're still not releasing streaming numbers like right. how many views etc which is uh which was I, interesting. I, I swear I saw that they had in the contract Wall Street Journal that they would, yeah, they would release the numbers confidentially to right. the Writers Guild, but that that neither party was allowed to publicly I, I, release. I those like numbers. how they're keeping those numbers quiet too. Right. That's kind of that's kind of weird. Just wait, they'll leak. Yeah, well, Everything I, I, I don't know if there like should be an FTC or FCC thing where they got to actually talk about their numbers. Right. <clears throat> okay, so here's here's and of course it's behind, the, behind, behind the paywall. a paywall. Yeah. yeah. But here's what the initial sentences of the Wall Street Journal article say. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix plans to raise the price of its ad-free service a few months after the continuing Hollywood actor strike ends. The latest in a series of recent price increases by the country's largest streaming platforms. That's it. I don't have no idea what the rest of the thing is, but yeah. I can just see some clickbaiters going, they're raising it because of the strike. It's right. Like, nope. I mean, maybe, but no, they're probably raising it because they're raising prices like they always do. Not I to have to it. give... Oh, God. I have to give credit where credit is due. Those clickbait sites, they, they have made an art form out of taking one half a sentence of news and yeah. making an entire article out of it. I mean, a, a slow clap for you guys. Yeah. I can't believe you could do that much with just a sliver of a hint of news. Yeah, it's just, it's called speculation, and you can speculate your ass off for days. Right. No, 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 no. It's not just speculation. It's, okay, make up something. Like, uh, something about the w WGA strike is, is in the news. Like, uh, so-and-so... Walked across the street, whatever. They'll say they'll have the entire history of 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 the of the that article of the WGA of everything having to oh, do yeah. with the thing, and then finally it'll say, the "Well, last paragraph, the tiny, no, the middle, a little bit about Not even it, the middle anymore." And then they'll have people's reactions on Twitter, and so and so, this yeah. user, you know, Poon Slayer four twenty sixty nine said. I don't like it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. 
And fans are upset. Uh huh. Well, these three are. And, <laughs> and in related news, da, 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 and then it's like a thousand word article with no news in it. And right. It, it's aggravating, but as a marketer, I have to say, <laughs> uh, you guys are good. See, I, I've dropped a lot of news sources lately because they've turned into that, where they used to have credible information, sources, etc., oh, yeah. thoroughly researched. You know, they would cite multiple sources, and now it's turned into, here's the, here's the headline. You click on the headline. You go through four paragraphs of background on whatever the thing is that you're looking for, and then the one line of credible information followed by opinion all the way through. And it's like, if you're going to do that, list it as an opinion piece. Yeah. Don't well, listen as a news article because it's not absolutely. news. Well, it, it gets really, it gets really difficult. They got to compete with all the nonsense out there. And the worst thing about this whole phenomenon is you have a whole generation or two who have now come up, and that's what news is. Yeah, that's what journalism is. Well, <laughs> even more than two generations, if you look at all the old farts that watch Fox News twenty four hours. Right. A day. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The 24-hour news cycle, the the need for constant media. And it doesn't... I'm trying oh to remember God. exactly how my uh, my journalism teacher in college said it. I, something like, opinionism is not journalism. Right. I think was the exact line, but I can't say that with 100% certainty. because. But that is the gist of what he was t- telling. And so that's part of why he got out of the business was because Barry. he was being told to rewrite articles and add in opinion as opposed to just writing the facts, which is how he was yeah. taught when he went to journalism school. Do you want a glass with some ice in it, Barry? Uh, nah. or, are you, or are you ready to man up and just go straight from the bottle? <sighs> Today's rant against media has been brought to you by Fireball <laughs> Cinnamon Whiskey. <laughs> Ignite the Night, spelled N-I-T-E for some reason. Ignite the night. That's... For more info, email info at fireballwhiskey.com. Or don't. I'm just reading the back of a little tiny yeah, really. plastic bottle we got in like a 10-pack. Tw- yeah. <laughs> Fireball whiskey. <Yeah. laughs> in Salt Lake City, folks. No, no, no. Provo? Provo. No, St. George. St. George. St. George. No, no, no. I thought we hadn't crossed the state line. No, we, 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 we bought this in, in Nevada. Before. Mesquite. You can buy booze in Utah. You just got to go to the state liquor stores. And we had some, I had some good beers in, uh, in Utah. Actually, the, the, yeah, the brew pub you enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. So. Brew pub was good. Brew then, pub was very good. Oh, I like the, this one little disclaimer. Do not go down on her after drinking. Oh, wow. I, I just like how, what the, what? how Steve and <laughs> Making Kirsten shit up. somehow got geek shocked to pay for this, too. This went on the company <laughs> expense report, Barry. We're going to have to wow. have a discussion about I don't that know. Yeah. The next business yeah, that won't make it into the IRS audit, Jeff. <laughs> Yay, fireball. 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 Screw fireball. you, Torgo. Fireball. I am not shooting that whole thing. Oh, God. That's like... <sighs> what is that like? That's like if, mouthwash. If yeah. I'd have known yeah. this is what you <laughs> meant little... when you said cast fireball, whoo. <laughs> ah, that's like that's like cinnamon mouthwash. Yeah, it's candy with a kick. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like a cinnamon, it's like a cinnamon jawbreaker dropped into uh, some flash. 
<laughs> no, I used to have this this mouthwash act. I think it was back yeah, in the eighties, and it yep. was the cinnamon. It's it this. Yeah, it's cinnamon mouthwash. It is act mouthwash cinnamon flavor. Yep, because that's what my mom used to buy. Because I didn't like the mint. Well, isn't that essentially what mouthwash is? Alcohol uh, with some flavoring? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not that they have the, the Listerine Zero now. Well, it doesn't burn your mouth. The alcohol that you're not supposed to swallow versus yeah. this. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. What is it? Methanol versus ethanol? Yeah, yeah methanol's I, the wood alcohol. Yeah. You shouldn't, yeah, you don't want supposed that. to ingest. Ooh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. That's some good stuff. So, <laughs> so oh, anyway, <laughs> Suicide Squad <laughs> has even more oh, nuance. Right, right. Second time. I love, I love how you've looked back on that line and you're just like, oh my god, that's proof I was drunk. That's that's the only one he can remember. That's, that's it. If that's we do, definitely. if we ever do this, we're gonna do this with proper drinks, not with this. This is terrible. Oh, this would be an aftershock. Well, you're like, gonna have to bring. It would your, taste like aftershock. Can oh, we yeah. can we Ooh. get some aftershock? I don't know. Is that, Is that even, even still around? Do they make that anymore? What are we? Wow, aftershock on aftershock shots. Oh my God, Steve! You know what we're talking about? Aftershocks. No, I do not. There's this. There was this stuff in the '90s called aftershock, mm-hmm. and it was it was like cinnamon flavored <sighs> something. I have no clue what it was. And they made a frosty one too. Yeah, and I hated it. <laughs> it's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, we used it in a drink for a little while at Trek, and then we got everyone the drink. Off. <laughs> <laughs> we used the knockoff version because it was like half the price. So. Aftershock wow. still exists. Yep, it still exists. What is it? Uh, it is okay. a liqueur. Oh, a li- no, I take it back. The product was discontinued. What? Well, here's have aftershock liqueur delivered to your door in under an hour. Drizzly partners with liquor stores near you to provide fast and easy blah blah blah. Mm. Jim Beam aftershock liqueur. No, okay. no, it wasn't a brown liquor. Oh, no, okay. it's not. It was red. Um, it had little crystals in the bottom of the oh, bottle. Oh, yeah, that's right, the crystals. crystals. It well, was a Jim cinnamon Beam liqueur. Bought the, bought the, uh, well, Beam, Beam's huge. It was Beam's, marketed Beam's as, quote, huge. hot and cool cinnamon liqueur. Because like, it started <laughs> off hot and then cools down. Aftershock, red hot and cool liqueur. How much is it? It is... Oh well, shit. Well, it's it is the <laughs> seven hundred milliliter. No, that still doesn't make it that's, right. That's that's a bottle. That's a one, bottle of wine. Yeah, according to this, it is one hundred and nine, one hundred and twenty bucks. Fuck you. Cause, yeah, because I'm looks not like, paying one hundred and twenty bucks for that shit liquor. It looks like no reputable liquor store carries it anymore. So it, <laughs> I can go to Costco and get a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue for one hundred and twenty dollars. The fact Fuck that you, aftershock. The fact that it's not available locally is only available by shipping leads me to believe that somebody got like a crate of it and is trying to sell it off since it's not available. That's anymore. what that sounds like with that price. Someone's yeah. grandfather died and, well, and they looked in the back of his shed and he had like a case of it. Okay, well otherwise the just the Jim Beam aftershock liqueur is only like 19 bucks. Yeah, that makes more sense. From uh Jay's Wine and Spirits. Okay, because I'm on reputable liquor stores right now. It says currently unavailable on the two that I just went to. Well, I and like, one of those was Total Wine and More, which I is... like this tastingtable.com. Somebody asked, does aftershock alcohol still assist? And some, and the answer was the product was discontinued as the sun rose on a new empire. <laughs> caffeine alcohol. <laughs> that is absolutely true. You know what else has caffeine in it? 
Buckfast. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. Shout out to my, my cousin and my cousin's husband for bringing me that bottle from Scotland. Holy Moses. Oh, oh, I saw a picture. The yeah. blue one. What yeah. was that called? That was, uh, that's the Blue Cool Citrus. That's not it. And then they had the Black Spiced uh, Berries there was and another... Orange Fizzy Orange. No, there was, a, there was a blue one that was like frost something. And then there was also Goldschlager, which was <laughs> cinnamon, but had flakes of gold in it. So that, oh, yeah. so that makes it better, right? That's what it was. Yeah, they were like, it's better because it's got real edible gold in it. No, dude. A, aftershock Blue Liqueur. Uh, 70 centiliters, a popular shooter on the drinking circuit since it was first released after Shock Blue is a fresh combination of citrus and mint. Gugh, As a reminder, you're listening to Liquor Shock. Yeah. <laughs> 20 pounds, 99 pence. Yeah. Ugh. See, I'll only do cinnamon whiskey in a hot toddy. Otherwise, I just won't drink it unless it's being forced on me as it is now. That's right. Yeah, apparently it has to be imported. I would, uh, I, I still have to try the Tennessee Fire, which Steve swears by. That's the Jim Beam one, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or no, no it's Jack Daniels, uh, Jack right? Daniels. That's right. Yeah. It is. It's one of those. It is, it, it tastes like an actual whiskey with some cinnamon in it, as opposed mm. to this is, Fireball's just candy. See, when I make <laughs> a hot toddy normally, I will take, I will do mine with bourbon, mm-hmm. and then I will put a cinnamon stick in it, and that's it. There you go. Well, that works. I'll swirl it around. I don't need this cheap ass fireball burning a hole in my gut like it is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to bring uh, out the uh, Tennessee fire then. There you go. This thing is zero pinkies in the air. We'll get. We'll get <laughs> yeah, a well, one. yeah. This is this is the. Oh my god. First well, time it, I this ever hurts. Had, it's first Canadian. time I ever had fireball. <laughs> oh, you were this, fifth level. No. <laughs> yeah, I was fifth level A. Okay. Wow, this is... I was a young and foolish wizard. Uh-oh. In this a 10 a... by 10 room. Steve I didn't care how big the fireball back into the was. depths of time. This Can is... he do it in a minute of letting <laughs> I remember a time. I walked into the... I walked into the Sunset Lounge uh, bar and grill. We were out there to do karaoke. You don't have to keep that up. After a show. And I saw my friend sitting at a table, waved to them, went to the bar to get my drink, and there sitting next to me was an exotic dancer, which I did not know at the time, but she started chatting me up. And so, of course, being an old-school nerd, with a pretty girl starts to chat you up, you chat back. Yeah, dame. that's what happened. A pretty dame. And then she invited uh, you yes. up to her room and then told you as you got to the room, I'll need $500 up front. No, to no. make you holla. She, I get paid to do the wild thing, see? I got my Captain Morgan and... Oh, jeez. Uh, I got my Captain Morgan and Coke, and she wanted a fireball. It wasn't uh, private reserve? No, no, not a fireball private reserve. Just <laughs> no, a regular. the Captain Morgan. Just the regular. Oh, no, not the Captain Morgan. There no, is no is... fireball private reserve. <laughs> <laughs> this was your regular no pinkies up for fireball. <laughs> so the cheap stuff. Yes. We see and, how you roll, Steve. Yeah. And uh, and so I. I you guys I, can do that so much better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's all it took to have her chat me up. She was uh, already three sheets to the wind. Uh, worked at the Spearmint Rhino, as it turns out. And uh, then I, I, feeling guilty, I left my post-show Confederates over at another table. I took her over there, and they all gave me the look. They all gave me the, what are you doing? The, who the hell is this look? When her skirt began to ride up. 
<laughs> you knew you were in for action. What? What? This what? better have a happy ending. Yeah, this. Uh... It does not. Oh. It has an almost Andy ending. <laughs> when her friend arrived, they took off. Dude, boo. Ah, no. We spoke too soon. Ah. Happy ending for her. Yes. So anyway, folks, yeah, Netflix <laughs> is raising its prices. Oh, yeah, right. Forgot where that came from. <laughs> wow. Well, there's a tangent. <laughs> wow. So an avalanche knocked over the train. <laughs> yeah. Now it's back on the rails. What else you got in the news? Um... Um, uh, Ahsoka dropped its final episode. Yeah, we it already did. talked about that. Um, uh, 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 only uh, murders in the building dropped. We its already final talked episode. about that. Um, and got approved for another and season. Got, yes, oh, it's already it. been renewed. I for was shocked four. because Steve Martin and Martin Short all kind of seemed like this was going to be the last season in a lot of the interviews I've watched with them. So surprisingly, they got a, 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 go. another season on the yeah. way. Well, so. you know, yeah, the. WGA submitted that uh, new contract, and they're like, ooh, we're going to get some more monies. I have a hunch that uh, they thought this was going to be the last season going into it, but had so much fun with you know, yeah. Paul Rudd, Meryl Streep, right. and everyone else involved that they were just like, do we have another story? And they probably came up with another story in the middle of shooting. I'm still so far behind on that. I need to get caught up. That's... Oh, my God. It's so... <clears throat> I just see I mean, it what, started what, off so strong. The first two episodes were just bonkers. Yeah, in in season three. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. Current season. What, yeah. what, what was that, Kirsten? You put your your hand up to your chest as if the fireball is hurting you. <laughs> I swallowed wrong, so it's. <laughs> you don't want to swallow fireball wrong. Yeah, really. you don't I, want to swallow fireball. I have some minor news. <laughs> okay. Oh, congratulations, Steve. What's your yeah. name? No. no, no. Uh, uh, no. Sadly, points. Sadly, no. As in minor, as in under eight. <laughs> oh! No! Unsadly, no. I Just see you looking. Kidding. I see you looking. Right. I see you walking away. <laughs> <laughs> go, go tell some friends. Make a friend. Oh, wait, you already have. <laughs> Um, I'm never going to live that down, am I? Oh, <laughs> I just let people have it with both barrels. Dude, that no, was sir. just beautiful. <laughs> so, my favorite toilet sitter game... <laughs> wow! You know how to tell a story! ...is coming to an end. Oh. Uh, the fine folks behind uh, the DC Legends uh, app game thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, have decided to call it quits. And they stopped... Their their in app purchases at the end of September, and the whole thing will be coming to a close October thirty first. In the meantime, though, they are giving away the damn store. As a friend of mine who is is in my alliance uh, texts me, he goes, "Oh my God, I'm creating gods here." They are giving away everything. Uh, one of my favorite things that they're doing in their currency. Uh, thing where you used to have to actually, you know, buy. They call it essence. Everyone else would just call it gold. Um, you know, to get the twenty-five thousand, you know, essence normally would cost you ninety-nine point nine nine dollars. Now it's costing you ten essence. So basically, you play, you pay ten gold to get twenty-five thousand gold. <laughs> they're just giving it away at the farm. They're just giving everything away, and and wow, if I'd known how powerful some of these characters were once you got them leveled up, 
I would have been leveling them up many, many years ago. Yeah, at what cost? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ninety nine. I mean, he's he's. He's he's talking up the twenty five thousand gold, but I still hear him going. Well, well, fine. You're going to be gone, and by the end of the month anyway. Yeah. Well, because in the player versus player stuff, of course, everyone else is leveling up their characters. So you go into those player versus player things. There are no low level players anymore. So it's like, oh, I should be able to beat this. God damn it! They leveled up the Spectre. God damn it! Or they leveled up Cheshire. Cheshire is an kick-ass character if you get her leveled up she can't be she can't be hit every time you try to hit her miss 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 and then meanwhile she's taking your head off and sticking you with poison daggers anyway it's a fun game (laughs) it's a fun game i rarely put any money into it at all and when i did it was like five bucks like maybe once every three months just because i like i like games that uh when you, when you play them, when, when there's an end, um, with Star Wars Galaxies, I'm reaching way back here. When right. it, when it, I had quit before it ended, but I came back to the very end, and it was like a party. It's like, all right, everyone, we know it's going to end in this time. We're giving away the farm. Everything's free. Take whatever you want. Just everyone go have fun with each other. Rebels and Imperials living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah, and that that's a fun time when yeah. it, when it comes to an end. But like World of Warcraft never did for me. It just kind of petered out, and I got bored, and I left, and then yeah. I came back, and then I got bored, and I left. It's well, still, I, go I got ahead. bored with DC Legends and stopped playing for a while. And I, and what's great about it is, if your alliance continues to play, when you come back. You've got all these alliance points just built up in the thing. You just boing, boing, boing. Wow, well, I guess I'll be buying some new characters today. Yeah, what? people get bored with stuff, yeah. right? I mean, even with podcasts, people get bored if it's talking about the same shit all the time, which is why it's good that we always talk about new stuff or what, what we're doing that's new. Even talking about old stuff <laughs> if we haven't talked about it before. Yeah. What's that's fine. I was going to say, what's interesting that, that that's ending is that this is still in rumor territory, but apparently uh, the rumor is that Marvel Strike Force is also ending soon. Uh, but they don't have I'm... a there's there's no official word and there's no even rumored end date. It's just quote unquote ending early next year. So, yeah, it's it's weird because because um, a lot of those things do tend to shut down around the same time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what are you gonna do? You're gonna need to get a new app. Oh, oh I heard there's a new there's a good one. Um, is it Birth of the Federation? <laughs> oh, I see. You've heard of it. <laughs> no, it's one where there's like seven or four houses and 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 seven like tribes. One one is stro- like bigger than 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 each one, and you have to move soldiers from one tribe to to one of the to graduate them to the houses. And uh, there's fifty two soldiers, right? Uh, it, it's a really popular app. You should you should try that one. <laughs> I, wow, this is going way over my head. Solitaire, you moron! <laughs> you bat bastard! <laughs> I do try that one. Actually, I'm going to leave the silence in. I'm not going to edit that. Out. <laughs> nice, nice. That'll be good. Just, just imagine Steve's brain just cooking. Oh yeah, can you put in a sound effect of like gears grinding? Nah. All right. Um, well, they there is a, silence. There is a new game called DC Heroes and Villains, but that's just a gym matcher. So you match up gyms and then. You, 
characters. When the hell are they going to do DC Deck Builder for the phone? Well, or, or or for Steam or you know or yeah. Universe. <sighs> they I did it with Dominion. Hell, they did it for free for Dominion. Why can't I, they do it with these deck builders? Maybe I, they'll do it with an NFT. I don't know, but they're apparently dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but apparently there is a game app that uses the same game mechanic, but doesn't have the rights to the DC characters. So Cryptozoic would have to develop that. Yeah. And they're not a video game house. No. So damn it. Yeah, they'd have, they'd have to partner up with somebody. You can make some money. Yeah. Well, they could, but, you know, it's like they could, but would that take their focus off what they already do really well? I mean, besides their games, they're already also selling statues and stuff. Dude, expand or die, right? <laughs> well, like I say, they're already That's doing a rule of acquisition. Statues. Don't ask me which one. <laughs> they're already doing statues and things and little special dealios like that. They're basically a game company, though. Yeah. Well, be a video game company. Well, yeah. I want to play your game. In a video game, because well, I don't I want to set it up and do all the business. <laughs> I, I and when I want to play, I, I, I want to play right now, and I want to wait to get together with people. Yeah. Oh, I did do that. I went over to uh, one of our local game stores, Little Shop of Magic, oh, over on the west side. Um, it's a good store. Um, they're <laughs> they're having a summer sale, but none of the summer sale prices are marked, and it doesn't even and all those signs that say summer sale. Uh, don't tell you, you know, these things are 10% off. These things are, however, there's just a QR code. And I didn't have my phone with me. So I was like, when I got that's to the, disappointing. Yeah. So I went to the counter. I said, so, you know, what is, I didn't forgot to bring my phone. What is the summer? And he goes, oh, um, you know, just stuff we have a lot of. And so we're just trying to, you know, mark it down. I was like, yeah, how much? He goes, oh, I couldn't tell you unless you brought it up here. Lame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Little Shop of Magic. I liked it back when it was in the tiny location. Now they have a huge location they do have with a, a lot location. of stuff in it. And it's really good stuff, too. I just, if they're doing that, that's lame. <laughs> it's really lame. Yeah. And, it, and also, every price is retail price except for the summer sale which i have no idea how much that's discounted well that's you know your local game store is always going to have yeah. everything at retail yeah i mean they, they make not not the, the margins goat. suck <laughs> really <laughs> not if you're not if you're doing uh questionable business practices that was their old to be fair to be fair, to be fair that uh, was their old owner. that was their old boss, that was their yes. old boss yeah. yeah i don't know about the new ones new guy is trying although the uh that uh, we heard secondhand that the um, mar uh, flea market was actually uh, kind of weird. Yeah, uh, Major Meh went, and he said that when they did their board game flea market, they would have it was line people lined up at the door because it's a small space. Yeah, and they would you'd go in a line, mm -hmm. and then you'd be out, but you couldn't go back and, and right. hem and haul over games. You couldn't go back. You couldn't, yeah, yeah. linger. You. That's you just basically move through, which is kind of... Now, you, wasn't it you, Barry, who made the good point of, well, you know, fire regulations and stuff like well, that? Well, no, the, yeah, fire regulations, you can't have that many people in there. But if you can't have that many people in there, then you can't have a fucking flea market. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Move, move out to the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. So, And they probably can't do that in, uh, in that location. Town Square. Town Square. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, well, don't do it then. Man. <laughs> Fuck, I don't have to tell you. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I tell yeah. you, yeah. Um, what they what they could have done was just have those people bring stuff in and you know put it on consignment or something. But 
Yeah. That's a pain in the ass, too. That is. Indeed. It's not like Meepleville, which is... Because I think there's some capitalization on people coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you see a beat-up version of something, and you're like, oh, you know, that looks cool, but even for the price, I'd rather have a complete ver. Oh, they're on the shelf! Yeah. And uh, I would be fascinated to hear how other people's local game stores do flea markets and auctions. So if you, you know... I'm just going to say it. What's your game flea market? Write to us at comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank our tier two listeners, Scoopy Ramon, Leon Mitt, Minty Scoop, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esk. Hey, I'll see you soon, Aaron. Uh, two is one, David Hydebrider, Heidi Johnson, Mama Ninja Scoop, and Mike M. And thank you to our generous Kofi tier four members, J.R. Conkle and Deb T. And thank you to our amazing tier five members, Glumly, Mad Martron, Jeff Roth, Atomic Gumby, and Aussie Matt. And thank you, listener. If you'd like to support the show, go to our Kofi, KO-FI, to become a shock monkey and reap the rewards for which there are many. Visit ko-fi.com slash geekshock. The secret word of the show is pineapple pizza. Our theme song was composed by Sam Heffernan. It's called The Burning Light. You can find it by searching SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or Twitch. That's our show. I'm Vlarg. 80s Jeff. Commander K. With Professor Biggs, who's got a winky. (laughs) And I will talk to you next week in Geek, where once again, we don't have hover chairs, so we have to use our legs like animals, which, like Torgo, disappoints me every day. This episode brought to you by Fireball. (laughs) No, this episode brought to you by tiny little plastic bottles of Fireball by the 10-pack. That Jeff didn't (laughs) even touch his. Uh, Yeah, it was not. And Steve didn't even get his refill I gave him. <laughs> it's coming. Yikes. Wow. And anticipate, there will be a show in <laughs> one of these days. You keep threatening. I, I know. It's just it's it's that time of year where I'm traveling a lot and I'm busy. And after Thanksgiving. It's really fun, folks, because we talked to uh, Vlarg was uh, not, not in town when we did that episode. Uh, you know, well, we did many of those episodes around that time. But um, it, the look on his face, because he's like, all right, we'll do an episode like that. We'll get a bunch, we'll get loaded up, and then we'll start recording. And it's like, no, no, no. Barry, Steve and I were stone cold sober when we started. <laughs> yep. It was in the second hour that it What was. did you, how much did you drink? We drank a lot. Yeah. Whole I kept refilling. Bottle. I kept refilling. And, and it was just a little, uh, the little, you know, shot glasses. But I had to keep coming over and refilling on Steve, <laughs> you know? Steve would be like, oh, we got a dead soldier here. Uh, so when we do it, is it going to be whiskey or is it going to be... What's well, it gonna you be? know, I'm a wino. So. I like yeah. wine too, well, but wine. you have to get up and pee a lot. Yeah. It's going to be purple. Wine, wine takes work. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless we're going to get some Night Train or Thunderbird. Okay, oh, so, yeah. so Steve and I will drink wine and you will sit upside down and pour whiskey right into your ass mm. and, and you'll get drunk really Talk fast. Talk about a bleached asshole. Yeah. <laughs> do we? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you oh, we did. We did. It. No, no, no. It was Torgo. That's where Torgo is. Torgo is getting, brought it right back around. His <laughs> That's called a callback, kid. Uh-huh. Ouroboros. <laughs> Anoboros. Anoboros. <laughs> Which is not the title of this show. Oh, really? sure it is. Really? No. Late in the day, Anoboros has got to be the title of this <laughs> Late show. Late in the day. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to spell that. A N A L B O U R O U S. Well, congratulations for winning the worst spelling bee ever. <laughs> Pushing the button. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>